Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, the most important thing that I was wondering about all day long today, I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't know what kind of show prep. I'm kidding. There's a lot to talk about. There's plenty to do. But, hey, I was wondering more than anything else, not about the UFO Pentagon release that's going to be coming out next week, not about the infrastructure package of the family plane coming out of Washington, D.C., not about the 30 by 30 plan the federal government taking over 30% of private land. None of that. I'm not worried about any of that. What I was really worried about today that I was really concerned and focused on, I needed to know what does Joe Biden do during his birthday? I, I needed to know that. That was the most important thing. So MSN, thankfully ran that story to tell me about the daily activities of Joe Biden, trying to prove that he is in proper shape mentally and physically to be the leader of the free world. Welcome into the Voice of Reason, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here at our flagship radio station all over the country and radio, TV, live streaming, and our podcasting. doesn't matter where you're at watching or listening. We appreciate you very much, your Millennial General, reporting for duty. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. I am. I have to admit, it's dreary here in Wichita, Kansas, so I'm a little drowsy today. And I'm tired from the weekend. It was a, an extremely successful, extremely productive weekend. I'm so excited about getting back into it this week as well, as there's a lot to talk about and a lot to get to. You can find us all over our social media at Who's Your Reason. That's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn. Also on OurFreedomBook.com, on TikTok.com, and on Instagram, all of it at Who's Your Reason. And, of course, the website at HoosierReason.com. There's a lot to get to today. We're going to have some fun, and I'm looking forward to it. David Fisher, he is the author of The Executive Order, a novel. David will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the first few months of the Biden administration and the number of executive orders that has been signed during the first little bit of the Biden administration's reign. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But uh, weren't you curious? I mean, to me... I was waiting, pins and needles, I was waiting to see what Joe Biden does on a daily basis while he's now president of the United States. Now, I don't think he realizes that he's president of the United States, but he's president of the United States, and he's got a very rigorous schedule. Uh, at 9.30 a.m., joint video tapings with the First Lady, according to MSN. Joint video taping. So is he not there with her? Are they doing like a video Skype chat thing, which I'm sure he has no idea how to actually turn on. But does he like jump in and, and Skype with her? What's going on here? Proceed to the Oval Office at 945. Hold for Ron. Shorthand for a meeting with the chief of staff, Ron Klain. This all starts at 930 in the morning. Now, I seem to remember way back when. I want to go like way back when, like during the George W. Bush times. I remember the schedule of events that they used to run for like the daily schedule for the president then. And he was in the weight room running and jogging at like 530 in the morning because that's the kind of guy he was. And then he would get his briefings at like 536 while he was doing that. And then he'd start his day. Joe Biden doesn't start his day until 930. I don't know about you, but most people have to clock in by like eight o'clock. You know, got that one. Eight o'clock. Oh, 801. Darn it. I'm late. I got a tardy on my record. No, no, no. 
He starts with a video chat at 9.30, probably to review the video of like who he is again and what he's doing and where he is. <laughs> Not to make fun of dementia, but I'm just saying, you know, it's the fact that that's what he's got to do first thing in the morning. As Biden proceeds through his day uh, from a 30-minute lunch to a prep session for his cabinet meeting, he's ticked through each day uh, in each item with a slash from his black pen. I love how dramatic they are on MSN. Check, check, check. They, they, they put that in there. That's not me. They put it in the article. It was a rare glimpse inside a president's actual life. The extreme scripting and almost surreal regimentation that defines Biden's day from his arrival in the Oval Office just after 9 a.m. to his brief walk back to the White House residence for dinner with his wife by 7 p.m. Wow. Nine to seven? That's a 10-hour day with a 30-minute lunch break? I mean, that's he's got his day scheduled. This is not how a president operates, by the way, just to let you know, if you remember at all about the prior presidents, and it, I'm sure you could find it on Google somewhere. Google it, as some like to say. I'm sure you could find the schedule before of Barack Obama's schedule, of Donald Trump's schedule, of uh, of, of Bill Clinton's schedule even, <laughs> although that one probably has a lot of closed, uh, closed deal times going on with some dark rooms. What can I say? Uh, the George W. Bush times, the Ronald Reagan times. If you go through their journals, if you go through their day-by-day schedules that were documented for the White House, it starts at like 5 a.m. and they're out till like 10, 11 midnight every day. Every day. They have dinners and banquets to go to. Banquets that start at 7 or 8 o'clock at night that they have to speak at or different tours or campaigns or different speeches or conferences or whatever they do. Joe Biden has a 9 to 7 job and he's supposed to be leading the free world. Is this not a red flag to anybody else? And the media loving this. And they're like, this is a rare glimpse inside a president's actual life. Donald Trump was pretty transparent, wasn't he? I mean, he showed exactly what he was doing every step of the way. He didn't get to bed till like 11 o'clock. And even then he slept like an hour and he was tweeting at one o'clock in the morning. And then he was back at it in the Oval Office by five or six in the morning. Barack Obama, I got to admit, he did kind of the same thing. For the most part, he did have his family time, and he kind of closed off at some point. But remember the big discussion during the two, what was it, the uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton primary. That was, what, 2007, 2006 when they were running on that campaign? Um, yeah, because that was when I was in college. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, 2008, I guess, is when they took office. Yeah, remember that? That was the discussion on who would be more open to taking that 3 a.m. phone call. But Joe Biden, baby, there's nothing going on in the world. There's no kind of like tension going on in the Middle East. There's no threats from Russia or North Korea. Nothing going on. I start my day about 930 and then I'll go to bed by about seven o'clock. The leader of the free world. Hey, welcome in. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, It was big. I was excited for the weekend. We had a lot that we were going on. Mrs. Voice of Reason doing her thing with our Hoosier Media Network, uh, Hoosier Health. As she got a lot more planted, ready to go with her garden stuff. Hoosier Media Network's well under construction. We got a lot done over the weekend. I was pretty excited about that. I am preparing, though, just to, is a bit of a programming note in the next month or two, and I don't know when I'm doing this, but just as a programming note for you, I am going to be taking a couple days off. I don't know when yet. I don't know how yet, but I will figure it out as I need to kind of reconnect a little bit. And as reconnect, I mean, like, go out into the woods on my own for a couple of days. Nothing. Nothing. They call it, in the Native American sense, a a, a vision quest, uh, so to speak. There's this little more spiritual. Uh, mine's just to try and reconnect that way because I haven't gone camping in a long time. But I'm talking about, like, camping with nothing. And a lot of people joke at me and laugh at me for it. But there's a new study right now. It's, it's almost like a, a test to prove 
that I can still do it. With like no camping gear, no nothing. You just go out there and survive for a couple of days. I'm kind of okay with this. And the reason I am, there's a study right now where I really need to try and prove the whole millennial thing is not part of my blood system. According to study finds, the average American believes that they can survive two days in the wilderness, but yet only 17% of these that were surveyed feel confident being able to start a fire with a flint. Now, there's other ways you can start it, obviously. You can use the newspaper with a little lighter, uh, which is cheating, by the way. If you're out camping, you can't do that. I'm of the belief that if you take an RV out into the woods, you are not camping, but you are just taking the luxuries of the 21st century into the woods, and that's called cheating. You're not allowed to do that. Not allowed to do that. So I need to prove this to myself, and I have not done this in years, but I need to prove that I can do this again. So that's why, just a little heads up for you. I'm planning on doing this soon, and I don't know when or how, but we're going to, by golly, make it happen to some degree. But there was a survey done by Study Finds. 2,000 Americans feel quite at ease with the idea of surviving in the wild, probably after watching shows like The Walking Dead. However, only 17% feel, quote, very confident in their ability to start a fire with a flint. Moreover, just 14% feel the same about their ability to identify edible plants or berries in nature. Have to admit, that's probably my weak point. Hey, is it okay to wipe with this plant? Nope, that's poison ivy. I do know that one, by the way. Thank you very much. The poll was conducted by one poll and commissioned by the Avocado Green Mattress. Sounds like a wonderful polling commission. They surveyed tested respondents on their nature knowledge by showing the photos of common trees and plants. Respondents were most likely to be corrected in their identification of maple leaves, which was 64%, and ferns, 55%. A third could also tell the difference between uh, different types of trees, uh, on which ones the fall with the leaves falling off yearly or uh, needles or scales or whatever they do, regardless of their ability to identify nature or survive in it. Nearly two-thirds of Americans said the past year gave them a, quote, newfound appreciation for the great outdoors. I guess we have to find the silver lining, don't we? I mean, if we had COVID, you weren't allowed to be around people, then you reconnected with the outdoors and with nature, hopefully. And maybe people said, wow, if things do happen and there's a global pandemic and I need to survive outside and maybe the grocery stores didn't close down because they weren't essential businesses, thanks government, then I need to figure something out here. I'm always the kind of guy where, you know, the glass is half full, always optimistic kind of guy. Or at least I try to be. And the fact that majority of Americans saw that and said, wow, maybe I should start reconnecting with nature after something like this just in case. It makes me kind of happy. I'm glad that people, even if they technically can't, if they think they can, and their mind is there, and they kind of will themselves to survive in the wilderness for two weeks, that's really good news. Now, I will not be going two weeks. I will be going like a day or two, a couple of days. But nonetheless, I'm excited that people are actually paying attention to this and wanting to reconnect with the outdoors in a survivalist mentality. So that way they, they can learn, you know, what plants are good, what berries you can eat, you know, how you survive, how do you find water, how do you actually, you know, create some type of uh, sanctuary or some type of protection or in the wilderness. Um, but a lot of people are doing it. According to this study, 66% of respondents added the outdoor activities seem like the safest way to get out of their house during the pandemic. Now, a lot of people as well, they're also concerned about, I guess more on the conspiratorial sense of a collapse of government economically, whatever, but even just tracking as well. How many people, if you had the choice, would just like toss your phone and be done with it because you're worried about tracking or you're worried about just the, the, the computer device that you have that you're on all the time and you would just rid yourself of it? 
I'd be okay with something like that. But then we see another story from MSN, conveniently. The Commerce Department, and this kind of started really during the Patriot Act times, during 9-11, when we started the Homeland Security Department and the surveillance of individuals to try and stop evil in the country. The Commerce Department security unit uh, evolved into the counterintelligence-like operation. We'll talk about that for a little bit when we come back from the break because that's kind of interesting. And I think people are starting to get a little concerned with how much surveillance goes on at the federal level and how much we're even aware of, which may lead again to people back to wanting to go out into the wilderness. I've told you many times before that I was definitely born in the wrong generation. And if I had a choice, it would be like a thousand years in the past where you just kind of survive outside and do your own thing. Kind of okay with that lifestyle. And that's why, again, I don't know when, I don't know how, uh, we'll, we'll find a couple of days where I do get completely disconnected and just disappear for a couple of days and see if I can survive. And if not, then uh, we'll see what kind of uh, show fills your airwaves thereafter if I don't return. But (laughs) I'm not too terribly worried about it. I think we're going to be all right. It would be nice to kind of reconnect that way as well. So uh, the surveillance, though, something of a concern. I think for many individuals, as we continue to see the uh, concerns and fears going on all over the world. So when we come back, the Commerce Department, what are they actually doing? And is this fitting in constitutionally right now with surveillance and the Homeland Security, CIA, FBI, and where the heck does the Commerce Department actually fit in? As we got kind of some unique insight on that one as well. Plus, we'll look forward to talking with David Fisher. It's a Monday. It's a good day. We got a lot to get to here on The Voice of Reason. Make sure to like us on the social media, follow us on the website, sign up for the newsletter, all that jazz. We'll get to as much as we can here today for a Monday. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into a 24 minutes past the hour radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. No matter where you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you very much. Wrapping up the month of May already. Good golly, can you believe it? Goes by way too fast. Way too fast. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five pound bag. All right, so. Uh, comment on the social media, which you can on any of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, the twitch.tv, our freedom book, Instagram, TikTok, doesn't matter. You can uh, send us a message on all of those at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. Uh, message on Facebook. There's probably an app for foliage identification for, you know, surviving in the wilderness, trying to learn about the plants and trees. That kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? And funny enough, I actually have one. Now, I haven't used it, and you have to buy it, so I have yet to purchase the thing. Uh, and I don't really need it. Mrs. Voice of Reason has one because she's doing kind of the herbology thing and, and the plants and everything. But there there is an app. Yes, Oh, yes, there is an app called Picture This, and you can actually download that, take a picture of a plant, and it shows you actually what it is. That kind of defeats the purpose of getting rid of technology, doesn't it? Because I've thought of this. But, yeah, then I think, wow, I'm using technology to survive without technology. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. I need the old school-fashioned book or, like, inscribed on my arm with Sharpie. Oh, wait, that's Joe Biden. <laughs> See what we did there? So... Yeah, but I do have it. It's called Picture This, and you can take a picture of a plant, and you can actually bring it up and see the identification of the plant, which is kind of nifty if you're doing it for those reasons. But if you're trying to survive and do it without resources, what are you doing? Come on, man. Come on. All right, real quickly, I want to – oh, by the way, I didn't even get to the point that I was talking about Joe Biden with what he did for his birthday as the media loving his day-to-day activities and kind of going through his day where he starts at 930 in the morning. And then he wraps up at 7 o'clock at night. I don't understand how a president can do that because that's just ridiculous. Uh, With the rare glimpse into the president's actual life. I know. I know. But they also talked about how he's a weightlifter and drinks Gatorade. He's a cool, hip guy, man. He may be almost 80, but by golly, he is cool and hip. He weightlifts, he works out, and he drinks Gatorade. Now I'm glad he's my president. What can I say? Now... If only we could work on the same thing for the mental stability of him to strengthen that up a little bit, then we could maybe have something here. But by God, he, he does. He works out. Current and former advisors say Biden's typical day reveals a creature of habit with, well, of course he's a creature of habit. I'm a creature of habit at 32 years old. When I'm 80, I'm going to be grumpy if I don't get my meal, you know, five minutes prior to when my meal time is. That's routine. That's what old uh, us old guys do. And I include myself in there because I'm feeling older by the day. But, of course, you're a creature of habit. You have to take your medicine at a certain time. You have to sleep at a certain time. You have to, like, eat at a certain time. You have to sleep at a certain time. Like, if you don't, then you're, like, not up to par and you're grumpy. I know. Current and former advisors say Biden's typical day reveals a creature of habit with well-worn routines and favorite treats. From orange Gatorade to chocolate chip cookies, a tactile uh, politician eager to escape the Washington bubble who meets privately with people who write him letters, and the patriarch of sprawling Irish Catholic clan who abruptly interrupts high-level meetings to take calls from family members. Well, isn't he just a grand old family guy? They're, They're desperate. They're desperate. There was a story a while ago, if you remember, of how conservatives can properly attack Joe Biden and go after him because he's the night sweet loving grandpa. Everybody loves Joe Biden. He's just a wonderful kind of guy. And nothing that the conservatives or Republicans try to attack him on stick. So therefore, you know, the Democrats are just running away with everything he wants because he's just the, the, the good old guy that everybody loves. 
and I think that's starting to fade with how radical his agenda has actually been with some of the $6 trillion in spending that he's actually proposed with not remembering what he's saying half the time, that the more he's in the spotlight, the less his approval ratings go down. So the media, like they did with Obama, is whenever it started to dip, they got to put out some heart-filled, wonderful stories about him. And right now, it's about the loving Grandpa Joe, where he stops private, you know, big, serious D.C. Washington meetings to take family member calls because he's just that loving kind of guy. Oh, ain't he sweet? And he works out and he drinks orange Gatorade and eats chocolate chip cookies. Man, he's the president I want. Well, Donald Trump probably ate like babies or something. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in to the program, radio and TV, live streaming, podcasting. Doesn't matter where you're at watching or listening. We appreciate you more and more every single day. We love you as we continue to grow every single day as well. The downloads of the podcast are soaring, baby. We're about to break another record the last week of this month, so continue to push that. You can find us all over any of your favorite podcasting sites. At The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier, plus the website at HoosierReason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. This is kind of a nice segue and intro for our next guest. I'm kind of excited. But this, this story here hurts my brain a little bit. Everybody remember Kevin Spacey? Uh, the guy from House of Cards who ended up falling out because of the whole Me Too movement and then the pedophilia charges. And then he made some weird, creepy video where he was pretending to still be his character, where he was breaking that fourth wall and talking to the camera as if he was still in character. But this was at his private home while he's under investigation and he's not on a show anymore and he, because he's a pedophile from, like, you know, raping a 14-year-old boy like way back when. And then all of a sudden the witnesses on the case like all died from car accidents and stuff. Yeah, that guy, Kevin Spacey. Now, this is where Hollywood kind of blends these lines and blurs them. This was just sent to me, and apparently was a post by Ben Shapiro uh, earlier. But apparently Hollywood has confirmed that Kevin Spacey is set to appear in a movie about a falsely accused pedophile. Now, a guy who was actually under investigation for pedophilia, and the case was dropped because all the witnesses ended up dying in like a six-month time frame 
is now playing a character about an accused pedophile in Hollywood. If that's not blurring the lines between illusion and reality and make you like, oh, he never was actually under investigation. It was all just a movie. Ha <laughs> ha. My brain hurts thinking about stuff like that. But they do such a good job promoting this weird agenda by making it seem real, but it's not really real, but it's kind of real. So we're going to make a movie about it to kind of make you think about it differently and kind of manipulate you. That's called brain control. It's weird. This guy, however, and not to associate that in any way, shape or form, but it's kind of an intro. This guy is kind of the head of the time because he wrote a book about kind of what's going on right now. And we can actually see it unfold right in front of our eyes. But it is a really cool fictional novel. It is the author of The Executive Order. A novel. Uh, the he's co-written and ghost-written books with Donald Trump, Bill O'Reilly, Glenn Beck, uh, and so many others as well. We're excited to have on the program, Mister David Fisher. David, how are you, my friend? Well, thank you for having me. It's good to have you on the program. I, I appreciate this. The book in executive, the executive order. Uh, this isn't uh, a hint or wink, wink about any elected official that's currently signing a massive amount of executive orders, is it? <laughs> it's not. It it uh, it started. Uh, several years ago, I was approached by a publisher who wanted a sequel to a book written in the 1930s called It Can't Happen Here, uh, about the dangers that this country faced in the 30s, and just to kind of figure out what might happen next. And uh, when I wrote the book, um, it takes place after this administration, uh, it takes place both after the Trump administration and after the Biden administration, when most people have had enough of, of everybody and just want somebody independent. Uh, you know, they don't want to be governed from either end. Mm -hmm. um, and the the basic concept and the, the real danger, and this was a discussion I had many, many years ago with Alan Dershowitz, who told me at one point, that there are more, Congress has passed more than 700 special powers of the president. The only one that has ever been repealed is the right to put Japanese citizens in internment camps. And, and the power that is granted by these special orders, special powers, is enough that given the right circumstances, the president, any president, could legally. Uh, abrogate the Constitution. And the question is, how do we get there and how do we prevent it? You know, the, the, the book that I did with Glenn Beck was really about how can we find a way to talk to each other, to get along. Yeah. And um, the, the theme, the overriding theme of this book is if we don't, there is real danger ahead for all of us. Well, I completely agree. I mean, there needs to be conversation and this concern about an executive order or having that executive power to do essentially anything. We've slowly moved that way. I mean, this book is kind of to me is like a symbol of like a 1981 where I mean, we're going back to this. We're seeing the signs happen in front of our eyes where I mean, look at the first hundred days of a, a presidential administration. It's executive order after executive order. Joe Biden signed what, like 50 in the first day or two. We're getting to the point now where we just look to them for the answer and and it's it's kind of concerning to me. Well, it goes even beyond that. I mean, going all the way back to 1964, when President Johnson issued the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution and through Congress, which was a completely fictitious 
story that our warships were attacked in the Tonkin Gulf, and it, the Congress then gave him, literally gave him the right to send, to start, to really start a major war. Mm. Um, and it could happen again. And, you know, one of the things we do, you know, I recognize that readers want to be entertained. And no matter what you're writing about, the first job of, a, of an author is to keep your reader entertained. And this really is a yarn. It's a thriller. Yeah. Um, it's action-adventure. And what makes it a little different is my protagonist, the main character, is actually a wounded warrior who is in a wheelchair. And it's kind of a special wheelchair that he calls Mighty Chair. Um, in some ways, it's uh, the James Bond version of a wheelchair, although every single thing that he does with the chair you could do today. Um, but the whole idea is, is to make it a page turner with, with a message. I love it. I love it. We're talking with David Fisher, author of the book, The Executive Order, a novel. Let's talk about some of the uh, the pieces of this, including, as you mentioned, kind of where politics are in your book at that time where people are done with the parties are done with one side or the other. They just want independent elected officials or independent, maybe third parties or something like that. Um, the inspiration for something like that, do you think it's something that could potentially happen after maybe the, the some say like the Donald Trump movement of the uprising of some of the people in a populist movement? Is that kind of the fictional part of this? I mean, where do you think we could go in politics down the road? Well, I absolutely think that there is a potential for a third party, an independent party of some way, because I think there, no matter what side you're on, if you're honest, there are things that the other side advocates that aren't so bad that, you know, and, and that, uh, your party may not, may not embrace. I mean, I, you know, I think that, uh, anybody could embrace fiscal responsibility. I mean, it's absolutely essential. On the other hand, there are certain social things that we all agree should be part of, of, of everyday life. Um, and yet both parties find ways of portraying the other side, of demonizing the other side. Yeah. And it's gotten us to where we are today. Yeah, that's very true. Now, the big question is, at the end of the story, do we see a happy ending with this? Do we see the people actually be able to hold certain elected officials accountable, or are the executive orders um, what's uh, what's going to be dominating at the end of the day? Now, you don't want a writer to give away <laughs> the end of the book, do you? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's David Fisher. You can find his website, dfisher.com. Talk about some of the other books you have as well. You mentioned you wrote a, you know, wrote a book with Glenn Beck and some other individuals. I mean, is this kind of right. your, your, your theme with uh, the fiction, but kind of politically driven uh, you know, fictional books? No. I've, it's, I've, had, I've been very fortunate. I've had uh, 25 New York Times bestsellers. Um, and they cover the entire range, um, everything from sports. I've written, uh, collaborated with Terry Bradshaw, um, with a, an umpire named Ron Luciano, and I did several bestsellers, Tommy Lasorda. Um, I've done, I've worked with entertainers. Leslie Nielsen and I did a parody of a movie star autobiography. George Burns and I did several books together. Uh, I'm the first writer to, ever write a book with a mafia killer. Mm. Um, I'm also the only writer that the FBI ever opened its crime lab to. And I spent six months inside the FBI forensic crime lab. 
Um, so I've had a, a very, very varied career. Uh, as you said, I, I worked with uh, uh, President Trump on his campaign book in 2016. Um, I was the uh, background writer on that one. Um, Bill O'Reilly, although we didn't work together, I, he had a TV show called Legends and Lies. Uh, that was wonderful history, and I did uh, the background books. Um, I'm working now. I've done a series of books with uh, Dan Abrams, who's ABC's legal affairs correspondent, about great trials that no one knows about. Uh, the first one was called Lincoln's, La Lincoln's Last Trial, about um, the only Abe, nobody knows Abe Lincoln defended 29 murderers in court. And uh, this was the last one in 1859. And it's the only trial in which a transcript. So you get to see Lincoln in a courtroom. And we tell the whole story of the law. So I've done a, a tremendous variety of books. Well, it's a variety of books and it's a variety of information and research and getting access to things that a lot of people don't. So I give you full credit to that. That is so awesome. I can't wait to read all of these books. You can find them online, dfisher.com. David Fisher, the author of the latest book, The Executive Order, a novel. Make sure to check that one out and it'll open your eyes and kind of take you down a fun uh, fictional rabbit hole there and uh, you just won't be able to stop. David, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. Good luck with the book. Let's get you back on the program again soon. I'd love it, and thank you. Hey, appreciate that very much. I'd love to talk about some of these other books as well that he's got. So much information. That's what we're all about here on The Voice Reason. All right, we'll take a break, wrap up the program for a Monday today. What else is going on? Ho-ho! We'll try and cram all of it in as much as we can here on the show. It's The Voice Reason for a Monday. Stay the here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks again to David Fisher coming on the program. Goes by way too fast with that one. By the way, he did mention the name Alan Dershowitz, if you remember that. he Alan Dershowitz, the man himself, Yeah, he will be on the program with us on Wednesday this week. So we'll look forward to chatting with him. Don't miss that one here on The Voice of Reason. Real quickly, as we kind of wrap up, there's a, so many different directions I want to go here, but let's start off with this one. As you know, pre- former President Donald Trump has been making another big media push lately, and it's right around the same time that we've heard about Arizona with some of the election investigations going on, Michigan with their investigations going on, the courts dismissing the voter fraud case up there for now. Uh, also, some of the other states as well, New Hampshire, Georgia, they're all still looking into certain things. And then it's weird. I mentioned this before. You need to look through it through the political lens. I'm not advocating one way or the other here, although you know where I stand on it. But looking at it as the third-party objector, if you're aware of these issues, then you kind of know what's to happen politically, and you're about to know when the media is going to announce something or when there's going to be big news somewhere in some way, shape, or form. There's been a big push of Donald Trump and his team over the last couple weeks on media again. Donald Trump has been silent since he left office. He's been at the golf course. He hasn't been doing a whole lot. He did speak at one convention, uh, but he really hasn't done any interviews. He hasn't done anything at all. Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing him on numerous different talk shows, numerous different TV shows. We had on um, Boris Epstein on the program, his uh, one of his consultants on the program last week with us as well, talking about the uh, the voter fraud incident incidences, which means something's about to happen. And if you whether you believe it or don't believe it doesn't really matter right now. The point is, is that right now you can see a change. The media started focusing on Donald Trump again. They talked about the investigation about the January 6th commission because, well, what happened in January 6th was just uh, a a terrorist attack and we need to investigate it with a commission to see what we need to do and how we need to proceed with this. I mean, now they're so excited that Donald Trump's under a quote-unquote criminal investigation with it. And they, they brought him back in the news at the same time, the exact same time, that he was making his own media push right now. Well, according to Newsmax.com, there is a new poll out where the support for Donald Trump is rising Again, now it's not coincidental because when he's in the media and he starts talking, people are like, oh, wait, he is still there. He's not been able to be on social media. He's not been able to speak out. He's not been able to talk to anybody. He has his emails that you can go to his website, like 45, President 45 or something like that, or 45office.com, I think is what it is. And you can go and you can sign up. And it's kind of like his tweets where they're just, they make a statement. Um, Democrats are lying big time. And he said that's the press release from the office of the 45th president. And that's what he's been doing. So you can sign up for those, which is kind of interesting. I'm signed up, so I get some interesting ones. We talk about them on the air once in a while. But he, outside of that, he has not made a whole lot of public statements. He's not talked publicly. He's just been sitting behind closed doors. Now he's making a media push. At the same time, the mainstream media is talking about him and trying to rail on him again. At the same time, then we start seeing his poll numbers rise again. He's done it strategically. Obviously, he's a business guy. He knows how to PR. He knows how to hype something up. And when something's about to happen, his poll numbers go up because he starts promoting it as such. He's a PR guy. What was some of the uh, the investigations or some of the accusations that when he was running for president was that he would fake uh, is it called the PR to try to hype up his business or talk about a business or leak certain information? Because he's a, he knows how to promote things. He was a TV guy. He knows reality TV. He knows how to promote certain stuff. So he does a good job at that. And because of the poll numbers are going back up. 
but I find this interesting because compare that to what Donald Trump has done to hype himself up in the polls to get support, whether it's because of midterm elections, because of his announcement to maybe run for president again, maybe it's because of the voter investigation stuff that's going on, whatever it is, he wants a popular opinion in the polls with him, now that the media subsided a little bit, but when he speaks, the poll numbers go up. Do you think that's contrasting any way, shape, or form from the other side of the aisle, like, oh, I don't know, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, that usually their their approval ratings are plateaued at a decently good number when they're not speaking, but then when they start to go on a public, uh, a public push, their poll ratings go down. Hillary Clinton seen that time and time again when she was running both in 2008 and in 2016. Um, yeah, she didn't like the fact that her poll numbers would be fine when she's MIA and no one knew what she was saying. And then when she started talking, then her approval ratings ended up dropping because no one wanted to hear her screeching. Donald Trump speaks and they shoot back up through the roof. People have been waiting to hear from Donald Trump. They started to move on kind of, but not really. They've just been waiting in the shadows. Now that he spoke again, his supporters are all about it, baby, and they're going back up. Democrats, on the other hand, they start saying things when we realize how unintelligent they actually are, and their approval ratings actually drop. It's a bit of a contrast that you should be aware of as you see some of this news about to break, whatever it may be, in the nation in the coming weeks. That does it for us today. Podcast going up in just a little bit. There is so much we didn't get to today. We'll just have to do tomorrow. That's what we're all about. Until then, it's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everyone have a great Monday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.